The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Drink run. Here we go. McCafe coffees, shakes, and drinks. Ain't no thing. You the man. Yeah, that's what they're going to say. Oh, Kevin, thank you so much. We love you. <laughs> that's right. You the champ. The Drink Run Champ. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? Own the Drink Run, Kevin. Own it. Now get a small smoothie, shake, or frappe for $2 on McDonald's $1-2-3 menu. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 12.02 a.m. And in Kansas City, at least, it's Victory Tuesday. After the Chiefs knock off the Washington Redskins by a score of 29 to 20. Good morning, Pride Heads. I mean, what a game. Probably the best game all year as far as competitiveness goes. We, of course, had the lovable Seth Kaiser in the stadium. I also met or had the opportunity to meet some of the Arrowhead Abroads guys. They were in the stadium for this one as well. So, good game to go to Monday night football our red stadium was rocking and the chiefs come away with the victory. The only team in the NFL through a quarter of the season with a perfect record. If the season somehow ended tomorrow, it would be the chiefs and the Buffalo bills with the buys. What a world we live in. And speaking of the world we live in, it's hard not to do anything right now without at least mentioning uh, what happened in Las Vegas. And I think the thing to say is just our thoughts and prayers are with everyone that uh, knows somebody or uh, has family that was there. Uh, Really tough, tough day. And it was a weird day in the sense that I woke up really looking to be very excited about NFL football and the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. And then, I don't know, there's sometimes situations that happen in the world that make you feel a little bit weird about being excited for something. So I felt a little bit like that today. 
but you know, it is what it is. I do have a job. We all, you know, we are still uh, followers of the Kansas City Chiefs. So thinking about the people in Las Vegas and everything they're going through, let's just talk about this football game. And as far as the football goes, a really great night for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go through some takeaways. I, I think the night has to start with Alex Smith. And I don't know. I think when it comes to Alex for a while, I've been having this joke about how he is the new Alex Smith. And people will say, yes, how many times have we called him Alex Smith 2.0? We've been down this road before. He's not any different. But I don't know anymore about that. Before it was a joke, but if you've watched him through these first four games of the season, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, it's just a different type of player. And you saw it tonight. Alex actually was turning back the clock a little bit to two years ago. Old Alex Smith, a little bit tonight, where he had the yards on the ground. Seven attempts for 56 yards. And I want to point to the adjustment that was made after the first quarter, because there was a part of this game where he was running for his life. And obviously there were offensive adjustments made and he was able to uh, work with them and succeed on a night when the offensive line, at least at the beginning of this football game was a mess. Uh, So really incredible job by Alex Smith to adjust on the fly and just really showed a knack tonight for when the pocket did break down against a very talented Washington defensive front. He was still able to be accurate while leaving the pocket and throwing on the run. He finishes 27 for 37, 293 yards and a touchdown. And a really memorable moment at the end of the game when he's able to get away from the pressure and connect with Albert Wilson for that first down, setting Butker up uh, pretty nicely. Uh, to get the game-winning field goal, leaving four seconds on the clock. And so that's my point is, my first point at least, is Alex Smith to me right now, it's really, truly, joking aside, a new player to me. And for all that we went through in the preseason about whether or not Alex Smith should be the guy, I think through the first quarter of the season, not only has he earned that, He just looks like one of the better quarterbacks you'd want right now in the NFL. Really a true leader. And the thing that he he said in that preseason interview was, listen, I got a little bit more, for lack of better terms, effort right now. And he said that on the interview. And when you watch him, not only does he sound more confident, he's playing more confident. And you could see it in his play, the effort. He doesn't care anymore. What does he have to lose? You know, if he doesn't play well this year, he's not going to be a chief. And he's leaving it all on the line. It's a good thing to see. Point number two, you got to talk about the Chiefs' 22-year-old kicker. Not an easy position to be in. Coming out of the blue. You live in North Carolina. All of a sudden, a phone call rings and you're moving to a place you've never lived before. And there he is on Monday Night Football with the game on his foot. And 
after the fact that he missed the first field goal of his career. Think about that pressure as a 22-year-old. We saw a kicker like a Robert Aguayo, who, of course, the Buccaneers traded up to get in, in the second round a few years back, and now he's out of the league. The amount of room you have as a kicker is not high to succeed. So here he is, 22 years old, misses the first kick of his career. He's still able to come back, makes a 26-yarder to make it 17-17, then makes a 32-yarder to make it 20-17, to and then from 43 yards out, he already makes a kick, and he's iced by Jay Gruden, comes back, able to make the 43-yarder. These opportunities to win the game based upon the kicker, don't come that often. How many times did we really see it with Cairo Santos? I remember the San Diego game from a few years back sticking out in my head, and I definitely remember the Denver game from last year when it hit the post and went in. But aside from that, sometimes it's rare to have the field goal win the game. So here he is in this rare situation on the first night of his NFL career, and even after missing that first field goal, he succeeds. And it just goes to show that Dave Tobe and Brett Veach and the personnel staff, what they saw, at least through one game, came through, uh, through fruition. And listen, good for the kid. 22 years old, ice in his veins, wins the game for the Chiefs. Third point, Travis Kelsey. One reception for one yard last game. In Spanish, you would say no bueno. Much better night tonight. Seven receptions for 111 yards and a touchdown. And there was that moment where he got the first down, nearly got another taunting penalty. I know we were all holding our breaths. I, when Travis Kelsey got up and, and he thought there was a flag and he was looking around and he looked at, uh, on the sideline at Andy Reid, it, it reminded me of when I was younger. I knew I had messed up. And my father or mother was staring a hole through my chest. Luckily, the referee picks up the flag. He doesn't get another taunting penalty. And just a really good game for Travis Kelsey. Alex Smith hits him deep down the field early in this game, gets him into a rhythm. Really nice touchdown catch, 17-yarder. Uh, just a good game for Travis Kelsey and definitely one you'd want to see. And that's the 10th game of over 100 yards of his career. Uh, so he's back. It was a really nice bounce back game for Travis Kelsey. And it's one that they needed in order to win this game. And like I said, it was close, but he was able to keep that passion in check, not taking that taunting penalty. That's what you wanted to see, at least out of him. Fourth, fourth point of the night. I believe that this game was the best of Albert Wilson's career. And I know that some of you will say, but 2016 in Atlanta, Pete. And I'll say to you, yes, but that was one play that really stuck out. It was the fake punt where it helped the Chiefs uh, extend the lead. Obviously, Atlanta would rally back, and there was the pick two of Eric Berry. Others will say, but 2015, home against San Diego. Yes, he had the game-winning touchdown, but again, that was a 44-yarder. Tonight was a night where Albert Wilson had moments that instilled confidence in you, it wasn't this flash. Those other two games, they were great, and we know what Albert Wilson is. 
but they were more flash games. Tonight, you can really see the veteran in Albert Wilson and how much an Alex Smith trusts and relies on him. And I'm telling you right now, that ball that he caught down the sideline at the end of the game and is able to hold on to that catch, that's a huge difference maker. And there was another moment that will never appear in the stat sheet where it was a tie game, 17-17. Alex Smith throws the ball right at Travis Kelsey's head. Kelsey might have been interfered on the play, but what happens? The ball pops up into the air. Anyone could grab the ball at that point. If the Redskins grab the ball and intercept that with the way the game was going and the confidence that Kirk Cousins was showing late in the second half, maybe the Chiefs don't win tonight. And we're having a whole different conversation. And you, you guys on Facebook Live, you're sending me a lot more angry faces than these thumbs up and smiley faces that I'm seeing. Albert Wilson on that play that will never appear on a stat sheet, no gain, five feet nine, still able to jump up and grab the ball from these other players. Really nice job by him. He finishes with four receptions for 63 yards, not even a touchdown, and I'll still regard it as the best game of his career. And in a year in which I thought that Chris Conley would maybe take this step forward, I think Albert Wilson is really doing a little bit more right now, at least for me, and a reliable player for the Chiefs. Last point, I want to talk about the offensive line. Uh, Already pretty banged up going into this game. And then Laurent Duvernay-Tardif leaves with an MCL sprain. MRI tomorrow, according to Ian Rappaport. And PFF came out with the stat because Jordan Devy replaces them in this game. And it really isn't fair because LDT has shown since training camp and the past few years that he's becoming one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. So when you see him go down at the beginning of this game, you already know that Eric Fisher's banged up. Zach Fulton has replaced Mitch Morse. So, and, you know, for lack of better words, this offensive line's a mess. So you see Jordan Devy walk in and walk into the lineup, and you're like, oh, no. And here's the stat that PFF had. LDT's last nine games, he's allowed zero sacks or hits and two hurries. Jordan Devy tonight allows two sacks and four hurries. So you saw the difference right away. You saw it in, You saw it early in this game. Alex Smith for a little bit in this game must have been, I don't know, I'm estimating here, but a 10 to 15, 20-minute stretch where he was running for his life. And as the game went on, more so I would say in the third and fourth quarters, the Chiefs were able to figure it out. That's, you know, that, those, that offensive line stuff is more that you, something you can watch when you watch the replay of this game and see what they were doing differently, but looked like more of a moving pocket look in the second half. And Alex Smith was able to have a little bit more time. And that's why, you know, again, that was my first point going back to Smith, just so good to manage how uncomfortable that offensive line made you kind of at the beginning of this game. Uh, And I want to just reiterate now, moving forward, as you face a good Houston team next week, you got to figure out what's going on because if Morris isn't going to be there and LDT is not going to be there, at least you know that early in the week and these guys could practice with each other. But you also have a Cam Irving there, and who knows when Parker Anger is going to be ready. We've heard that Parker Anger could be ready. He started a bunch of games for the Chiefs last year before getting injured at left guard, and you wonder if maybe instead of uh, him maybe replacing Witzman, which is what you might maybe would have thought, Maybe he slides over into the right guard slot to replace LDT for the time being. But again, 
you hold your breath on the LDT news for tomorrow because he's a player you really can't lose. You know, that that's one position, and I, it's a lot of positions, but, you know, I consider it one, the offensive line that you really want to be consistent. And the Chiefs were winning these games with those five guys, so to lose such an important player there would be tough. So I would keep an eye as news comes out on what happens with the MRI tomorrow. Bonus PFF stat that I read tonight after the game, Kareem Hunt has made 27 players miss tackles this season. That's 11 more than any running back. What I learned about Kareem Hunt tonight was there's going to be games when you don't break off that big run. The longest run for Kareem Hunt tonight was just 17 yards. Still manages to get 21 attempts for 101 yards rushing. He also had four receptions for 20, 20 yards. And the interesting thing to me about Kareem Hunt is when you watch him run, and I don't care how many times you watch him run the football in the game, and it could be at the beginning of the game, the middle of the game, or the end of the game, he breaks the first tackle. And it doesn't matter who's tackling him. And it's just crazy sometimes because sometimes you see him, and when he gets to that first contact, you know, your eye tells you he's going to be wrapped up, still is able to, to manage to get away and it's just a really special kid. And you think about the NFL draft, and if you don't want to count the Mahomes pick, I get that. So we'll say 84 other players uh, could, have been, could have been picked uh, before him. None of the NFL chose him. 86th pick, Kareem Hunt. And he may be the best player in this draft by a landslide by the, whole, by the end of this, you know, five years from now, because he's just showing very specialized traits that you just don't see in players this early in their career. So really good find by John Dorsey and the Chiefs staff. So Kareem Hunt, a special gift for Kansas City Chiefs fans. Want to talk about quickly the Justin Houston touchdown. Pretty crazy at the end. Outside linebackers don't get a chance to score that often. So you can't really blame him for picking that ball up and scoring a touchdown. And for all of you people who like the sports bet, the Chiefs, they were seven-point favorites. So that changed the game for all those of you who bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. One negative point I want to mention tonight is that Marcus Peters didn't have the greatest game. He ended up being beat for two touchdowns. Terrence Mitchell did have a pretty good game, at least based upon what I could see. And another point that I noted that I didn't really love, and this was something I saw close up on the broadcast, and it looked like Marcus Peters was yelling at the crowd or something. Not ideal, but I want you to keep in mind that for all that we get from Marcus Peters' passion, like a Kelsey, there's going to be moments where he makes maybe something, a mistake or something he wish he could have had back. And I don't think, you know, when he watches a replay of this game, he's going to love the fact that he was yelling to the crowd. You know, hard for me to speak for him. Uh, but, but again, not the best game for Marcus Peters. But again, that's normal. And even, even though uh, a player of his caliber, you expect a great game every time, there's going to be days when it's just not your day. I don't think it was necessarily Marcus Peters' day, but it didn't matter. You, you like that that type of game comes from him on a win because it's not going to happen that often. Anyway, those are my thoughts from the 29-20 to 20 victory over the Washington Redskins. I'm going to scroll down that here now and look at what you guys had to say. Any questions? Kevin Cooper. I believe once we get the O-line in order... The offense will really take off. They just need to make some adjustments to protect Alex much better. On the bright side, you have to get 
Alex has just due for the O-line not playing good at all. Alex put up 293 yards, go Chiefs. Yeah, and that's the point I mean. I mean, I mean, you look at the beginning of this game, and it was a little bit of a mess. And if you felt how I was feeling, I thought the Chiefs were in trouble. You know, as the first quarter turned to the second quarter, and the Redskins were up 10 nothing, and the Chiefs can't really do anything on offense, you're really looking at the beginning of this game, and you're saying, man, you know, they may lose this one. And yet you'd hope that maybe they get the offensive line together and they rebound. And then for them to make the adjustments they did mid-game and to win it, I don't know. There's going to be games when you have a good team that you win convincingly, and there's going to be ugly wins. I thought the game against Los Angeles was a little ugly, and there were parts of this game that were ugly tonight. But this was a good Redskins team. I mean, you saw this defense. I I thought, and a couple of you were saying I was wrong on Twitter. It's going to happen. Can't be right with everybody. But I thought that the Redskins were not only hitting clean for the most part, but they were hitting hard. They're good, clean hits. I think it's a really good defense. The offensive line was a mess, yet the Chiefs are still able to manage to win. Very impressive win. And there's going to be games like this where you have to battle back. You're going to lose players. I mean, you you look at how many players the Redskins lost tonight, Josh Norman included. Like, that helps the Chiefs out, too. So it's going to happen on both sides. And just a really impressive and um, a good amount of resilience shown by the Kansas City Chiefs tonight. Michael Warren asks, do you think Mahomes should sit now for two or three more years like Rodgers did? I don't know. I think it's an interesting question because I think if you asked anyone at the beginning of this season, they would tell you without a doubt that Patrick Mahomes will be starting in 2018. But here we are, of course, four games in, and you look at what Alex Smith has done, and it'd be hard for you not to want him next year. And that's even despite the fact that he's going to be having to get paid $17 million. If things continue on this pace, which, I mean, that'd be really hard to believe because that would be 16-0 with no interceptions all year, uh, then, of course, he'll be here. And that's crazy to me a little bit because you never thought that at the beginning of the season. But it just depends on how the rest of the year goes. I think it's a fabulous start to the season. Aside from losing Eric Berry, I mean, it really could not have gone any better so far. Just the way they're beating teams. Andy Reid has made some sort of a college pro hybrid style offense that seems to be working because no one really knows how to defend it right now. It's a team that's dangerous. They're 4-0, and Alex Smith is playing some of the best football of his career. If he continues that, he'll be here, and then Mahomes will sit at least two years. And then if somehow he miraculously does well then, I think you have a whole other question. But luckily, that's for 2018, Pete, to figure out. Right now, I'm just 2017, Pete, so I'm not going to worry about it at the moment. Ben Potts, Tom Bahali, question mark. I assume you're wondering when he's due back. He has to sit the first six games of the season. And then I believe what happens in the PUP rules, there's a three-week window of when he could come back. Should be interesting to see what the Chiefs do. I mean, you see that D. Ford was not able to play in this game. Frank Zombo, I'd imagine, and I'm not sure about this because I just haven't seen what Holly looks like on a football field, but I'd imagine Holly would be a little bit better of a look, at least for some plays of the game, than Frank Zombo. So you wonder, once Holly becomes available, will the Chiefs turn to him? I think it remains to be seen. I mean, he's 
a great player, but he did have all that stuff in training camp. And there was never really any true clarity as to like what people that make the decisions really felt about that. It was more like, well, he's on the PUP now and he won't be joining the team. So maybe there's more there than we know. I, I'm curious what they're, they're going to do with Hali, especially given the fact that D Ford's injured right now. If he's still injured at the end of these six games, I'd imagine they'd bring him back. I don't know. I think that's an I, I for one am interested in seeing what happens with that because I think at this point you really don't know. Like I think sometimes you have a team and if a team is rolling, do you really want to mess with that formula? That that's a weird thing too. So I don't know. It just depends on on how the personnel men and the Brett Veaches uh how, what they decide to do. Lewis Mora says, what a complete turnaround in regards to penalties and sloppy play. They controlled three of the four quarters. And yes, I, I think that's a great point. As far as penalties and clean games, it, it was definitely a little less sloppy uh, than, the, than the other ones. Uh, and and that's, that's definitely a good thing. And the penalties was a problem because even though the Chiefs were winning every game, you wondered when the penalties were going to cost them a football game. And for them to finally clean it up on a night they really needed to, because if you notice in this game, there was not a lot of room for error. You know, you take one or two penalties, and you saw what Washington, uh, when their uh, left uh, cornerback took a penalty to extend the drive that would have gotten them out of a very pivotal drive. You know, when you take certain penalties and you, you give the team other team extra chances, you're going to lose a football game eventually. The Chiefs were able to overcome taking all those penalties the first couple of games, but tonight they finally cleaned it up. Only three penalties for 15 yards, so that's a good job. Demario R. Williams Sr. asks, do you think Ty Hill got enough touches tonight? I think it's been an interesting season for Tyreek Hill. It, it, it certainly is not the season that I've expected as far as uh, productivity. And it's part of the reason I think for that is – I think if Spencer Ware was in this lineup instead of Kareem Hunt, who wound up being such an impactful player, then maybe Hill is more the focal point. But I think once Hunt started to prove that he could dominate in the fashion that he's been dominating, then maybe the game plan shifts a little bit. And again, I don't think anyone knew about this offensive scheme where it's like a college option type of scheme that Andy Reid was going to run. You know, I think everyone sort of thought, well, Ty, Ty Hill will just replace Macklin and he'll take all Macklin's touches. What you ended up getting was a situation where you have three possible focal points of the offense, you know, one in Travis Kelsey, one in Kareem Hunt, and one in Ty Hill. So I think there are going to be games like last game where you saw Ty Hill get more of the receptions. I think he had 77 last week as opposed to just 35 tonight. And there are going to be nights where Travis Kelsey takes over. And it's all about the options and all about the looks that the defense is pre presenting you. And in this particular game plan, it seemed like it revolved more around Travis Kelsey tonight than it did at Ty Hill. Maybe against the Texans, that's different. I think that's more of a football guy um, to decide. And it just depends upon what Andy Reid see sees in the defense. And right now, I mean, Andy Reid is killing it. Uh, you think about the fact that Macklin left this team and the offense looks better. Did anyone expect that? I mean, I don't think so. Definitely a coach of the year candidate again. We're a quarter of the way through now. So, you know, I think the right idea usually is to wait and be patient. And I think a lot of football fans will say, let's let's not jinx this right now. And I think that's a good point. You know, you don't want to get too excited too early. But when you get to, like, the pillars of the season 
and you get to that quarter mark and you're like, man, we might have something here. I think once you reach the quarter mark, you can be a little bit more excited than you were maybe after game two. So Andy Reid's doing a heck of a job this year. And I think as the season goes on, continuing on this pace, he'll, he'll be a coach of the year candidate. Michael Medina asks, should Tyreek Hill go back to special teams? I think he did more damage in the punt receiving position. Well, Michael, uh, Tyreek was never taken off of punts. Uh, it was just the kickoffs. But I think you offer a good point because I think at the beginning of the year, it seemed like he was going to be the most important guy on this offense where maybe it's it's sort of just a two or three way tie for the number one where, I, you know, I thought it was going to be a Hill and Kelsey show and Hunt has really changed the game for the Chiefs. So you think about now the fact that maybe it's more of like Kelsey and Hunt more of a balanced offense in that manner. Maybe that offers room for for Hill to go back to the kick returner position. But I mean, so far in the in the few weeks that we've seen Akeem Hunt, he's looked pretty good. So it's just hard hard for you to decide. I don't think you, with the team rolling again, I just don't think you want to take a chance to have Tyreek Hill get an injury on a play like that because, again, kickoffs can be very dangerous when it comes to, to injuries just because there's so many bodies on the field. Uh, so it's an, an interesting question. Last year, when he was doing all the positions, working in the offense, punt returning, kick returning, ended up having... Uh, a huge year touchdown wise, 12 touchdowns. So it's a fair point and it's something that I think they'll have to address. But again, a little bit of goes back to that. If it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, they really haven't missed um, Tyree kill necessarily just because they haven't needed those special team scores quite yet. And I think you did give the Anthony a shot. This coaching staff is really high on DeAnthony Thomas. So I don't think he'll be taken out of that position anytime soon because if you take him out of that kick returner position, then now you you have a, a wide receiver running back hybrid that, that maybe is only working two or three of the special teams. Um, teams and, and at that point, where's the value? So I don't know. I, I see them keeping DeAnthony Thomas on kick return at this point. Trent Singer asks, do you think it's important to get another running back to take the load off Hunt a little bit? Seems like he's getting exposed to a lot of hits. I think it's more important a little bit they find that later in the season than right now. But I know what you're saying. Like like, like tonight, he, he, he ran the ball 21 times, and, and he was a little bit getting some, getting battered. That's a, that, of course, goes goes to West, too. I mean, Sharkandrick West, on this team, you figured at the beginning of the season, at least in training camp, that he maybe would be the number two, and he has been the number two. He's even been the number one, if you remember, when Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick originally took over for Jamal. Sharkandrick West was the guy. I don't want to write off Sharkandrick West right now in a backup position because I think he could still do it. He hasn't looked as good as he has in the past in that role so far. I think right now I like the I like the running backs for the Chiefs. I was a little surprised that they let C.J. Spiller go. I liked the way C.J. Spiller looked in training camp. They apparently did not. Uh, I thought he might have been a fit for that position, but again. I don't think they'll get, they're going to go in another direction besides Kareem Hunt, Sharkandrick West, and Akeem Hunt at this point. All right, guys. It's been 30 minutes. It's 1230. It's Tuesday morning. You got to go to work. I have to do some more work. So I'm going to let you go for the Facebook Live. There will not be a Tuesday show podcast this week because I'm going to throw this talk up on the podcast channel. But we'll be back for the Thursday game preview for the Houston Texans. It'll be me. It'll be Joel Thorman, and it'll be Sean Barber. 
Right now, we got a game recap up on Arrowhead Pride. I gave you six winners and three losers up on Arrowhead Pride. Uh, so that should be good. As far as everything else, prayers out to Las Vegas. You hope that they figure out what exactly happened. And uh, a lot of good vibes uh, for those people out there going through some tough times. Aside from that, Chiefs win 29-20. to They're the only undefeated team in the National Football League. You get to say that for at least another six days. It's the Chiefs and the Texans next week. You can catch me next time on Facebook Live and on the podcast channel on Thursday for our preview. Can't wait for that. Should be a fun week in Chiefs Kingdom. Again, Chiefs improved to 4-0 on Monday Night Football. Good night, Brightheads. Summer is here. The sun is out, and so are you. When you go, take along a clever little app called Audible so you can listen to the stories you love while doing the things you love outside. A walk, a run, the pool, or the beach. All better with Audible. For just $14.95 a month, you get a credit good for any audiobook from the world's largest selection. If you don't like it, exchange it anytime. So get outdoors with Audible. Start a 30-day trial and your first audiobook is free at audible.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.